And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Nice Football Podcast. Ryan, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. <sighs> Got to be back. Normally, we stream on Tuesdays. Got some busy schedules. We're going right before Thursday Night Football, baby. Uh, so this will be a quick one. We're just going to knock out a recap of week one, um, kind of where we're at with players, disappointments, and ups and downs of everybody. So, yeah. Steven, got anything for the people? Uh, yeah. I'm excited to be here talking football with you and with everybody that's going to be listening tonight. I do want to say one thing, man. Um, your loved ones, your loved ones, always remember, you never know. You never know when uh, – be the last time you see them so hug them tight tell them you love them always make sure they know how much they're worth so uh it's been a rough couple of days here on my side so but i just want to tell you guys that uh it's not all about football obviously this is what we do but not everything's about football there are more important things to life than just football so uh yeah but let's uh let's jump into it baby um week one there were some things I I liked to see. There was a lot of things that shocked me. And then, of course, we have the gruesome injuries that we have to talk about. Um, let's, let's knock out the injuries first. Uh, I do want to say before uh, we talk about these injuries that we did produce our waiver wire additions for week one. So there are a lot of additions <clears throat> on this waiver wire that we think can help you replace these guys. Um. Now, if we're playing Superflex, the first person I want to talk about is kind of hard to replace. In Superflex, if you're playing 10 to 12 league, 10 to 12 man leagues, there's not, if you're playing 12, there's not, you know, I mean, three QBs apiece. There's not 36 QBs in the league. Right. Uh, So this is tough. If you're in a one QB league, you can kind of manage it a little better. Uh, Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, there were conflicting reports. You were at my house that night. We were watching the game. We were very excited, man. Jets fans were excited. And they pulled out the victory. Let's not get it twisted. They they did win that they, game. They somehow won. But By the way, Brees Hall is back. Welcome back, baby. All right, all right. let's not stray away from Aaron Rodgers. We got a big uh, – uh, Four snaps in, man. We have a torn Achilles. There were conflicting reports, though, whether it was an ankle. Then you saw his calf pop. <clears throat> then you saw him in a boot. It came through, confirmed Aaron Rodgers has a uh, torn Achilles. Yeah, I was feeling not terrible about it. I mean, it didn't really look that bad on, like, the actual play. But as soon as I saw that boot, I was like, well, there he goes. Never never want to see a boot. So, it's heartbreaking, especially for Jets fans. Any Jets fans out there listening, can't get any worse than this. Um, It's not only a loss for the Jets. I think it's a loss for football in general. Like, not having Aaron Rodgers out there is tough for fantasy and in real life. I messaged Jared. Uh, we used his quote a couple of weeks ago about the excitement for Jets fans, and he said, and I quote, he said, we just can't have anything that's fucking nice in our life. <laughs> so um, it's rough, man. Uh, like I said, if you're playing in a one QB league, you're you're probably looking at QBs. <clears throat> you're probably looking at lower-end QBs that didn't play well. I'm assuming Kenny Pickett is possibly available after the bad San Fran game. Uh you got Kenny Pickett in a one QB. I'm assuming, like, possibly Derek Carr. Obviously, I know Josh Dobbs is available. I know Zach yeah. Wilson. Same thing, like, Brock Purdy type guys. Like, Purdy, there's guys I, where I, I do. After, after week one, I don't think Purdy's available anywhere. 
Really? You think so? Yeah, I've I'm in a few one QB leagues. He's still sitting on the waiver wire. Yeah, Purdy played lights out. I'm assuming like Tannehill, guys like that, Mac Jones. You know, Mac Jones had a pretty. I, I'm just saying, like, if you need another yeah. bench guy, uh, those are the guys. But unfortunately, in superflex guys, especially if you're playing in a deeper league, like a 12 man league, you're not going to be able to replace him. You're not. It's just no. those no. things. Unless Zach Wilson, unless you outbid somebody on Zach Wilson. And I wouldn't even wager that. I mean, I think they'd probably bring in a – I don't know. I, I, they seem to believe in Zach Wilson. How long does that last for if they pick up a vet? I mean, me personally, bring in Jameis Winston and call it, in a, call it a year. I agree. You're already one up in the division, man. That's a huge divisional win. Your defense yeah. played lights out against an elite Josh Allen. Why not? Why not? Yeah. You bring in all these older vets. I mean, you got Randall Cobb. You got Alan Lazard. You, you brought all these guys over with Aaron Rodgers. You got a hell of a one-two punch in the running back position. Might as well. Yeah, um, they got to find a way to get a better quarterback because they're in they're in like win right now. So might as well. Yeah. But yeah, from a fantasy standpoint, if you're sitting in like twelve plus man leagues, you're probably screwed the position. Um, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have a QB three, you better a good QB three. You better hope that that one stays healthy because after that, I mean, you're looking at probably starting a position player in your flex, super flex. So I mean, plus you, plus you got to look in the bye weeks as well. Bye weeks yeah. are are a bitch. Yeah. So, um, the next one I want to talk about another Achilles. Let's talk about J.K. Dobbins. Um, <sighs> he can't catch a break, man. Breaks my he heart. Can't catch a break, man. It sucks. And like I say this, and like obviously this is a Steelers fan talking about a Ravens player. Um, J.K. Dobbins offered a lot of elite explosiveness you know, in the league, and he came into his rookie year with high expectations, exceeded any expectations that I think you and I had for him as a third-round pick. Uh, comes in, obviously, that brutal injury last year in training camp. Yeah. Or, yeah, two years ago in training camp, coming back into last year, didn't look himself down the stretch, over five yards of carry, over five yards of carry in the playoff game he played. He looked good. We were excited about him in year two or year three, comes out, scores a touchdown or two touchdowns last week. Um, played very well. And then the next thing we know, we're talking about an Achilles injury. Um, <clears throat> the thing I want to say here, the Ravens, how they replaced their running backs are weird. They're very weird. I mean, yeah. do you remember the Devontae Freeman run, the Latavius Murray run? You know I mean? These right. guys come up with the practice squad. But I don't think you have to go too far to search for the Ravens replacement running back. I mean, before we get into replacement running backs for J.K. Dobbins, if you're an owner of him, are you done with him? Like, is this yep. this Achilles? Is this like still, the dagger in the back, or you think oh, he's yeah. still? Oh yeah. So, we're like I'm saying, like I've seen some trades. Like, we're t- bro, we're talking about a complete. Yeah, complete I mean, knee replacement, complete knee replacement. Then we had knee cleanup surgery the year after, mid like week four. Yep. Going into going into the end of last year, which he didn't look 100. percent Now we're talking about Achilles. I mean, we're talking about like dagger after dagger after yeah. dagger, like that. And I sold my last share. My last my last share was sold in your league, so I have no I have no ties to the situation anyway anymore. Right. But to own Dobbins, in my opinion, at this point in his career, is pointless. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, as far as a dynasty standpoint goes, I think he's pretty close to that. 
one scramble to get any draft value that anybody can get, like even a third for him, I think is going to be okay. Um, if not, I don't know, dude. I mean, keep him in the IR. Maybe you pique some interest, but I don't think that he's going to play meaningful football ever again. Especially given honest? the fact that, like, this is his contract year, so this is him earning his money, and now that's out the window too. So, you I, want my honest opinion? I think he takes a Deontay Foreman type role. Yeah, like I'll be honest with you yeah. when I say that. I'm talking about the backup role to Derrick Henry. To yeah. where Deontay Foreman had to earn meaningful playing time because Derrick Henry literally broke his foot in half. I think he's I think he's a backup gonna come in on a league veteran salary. Nothing crazy, obviously. I mean, granted the Ravens might the Ravens might give him a little bit of cash just to be you know, for service, you know what I mean? But I doubt it. This is a business. This isn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um this isn't a Ryan Shazier. This isn't a Ryan Shazier type of situation. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. Think, yeah, the rough thing is, is like, I don't know. I think I lost my train of thought, but he's pretty much done. I, I feel horrible yeah. about it, especially like the running back market the way it is now. They're not paying people as it is. Like you got guys like, I mean, given they're older, like Kareem Hunt and Fournette, who like maybe should be on a roster, like. Nowhere to be found. It took a while for a mixing. I mean, excuse me, mixing Dalvin Cook to find a role. Like, I don't know. It's going to be tough for him. Yeah, but like I said, I don't think you have to go too far to find the Ravens replacement running back. Uh, you can look at look at the two splits. Last week, Justice Hill had eight carries for nine yards, but two touchdowns. But I want to. It's the efficiency that gets me. Uh, I never liked Justice Hill coming back from his Achilles injury either. Uh, yes, Gus Edwards is a 28-year-old running back who's been who's had a significant ACL injury as well. Um, but look at this is the guy that's stuck around for this running back room. He's always been there. He's been there. He's been there for what? This is year five now, maybe year six. Had to go back and look off the top of my head. But when anything's happened, Gus Bus was always there. Right. No question. We, no question. We, kinda, we touched on him in our waiver wire ads. Um, yeah. Just for the record, he. Career five yard per carry guy, five point one to be exact. Um, to see people adding Justice Hill on the waiver wire more so than Gus Bus, Gus Edwards, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't like it. Um, I think if anything, like you said before, they have a tendency to replace with vets. They have Melvin Gordon that they called up from the practice squad. I could see them adding a guy if. If one of those vets entered the room, I think you see Justice Hill completely disappear, and whoever the vet and Gus Edwards were probably run the backfield. Yeah, um, that's the whole reason um, why I'm not in on Justice Hill. The two touchdowns are nice, but I think it's fluky. Yeah, I think it was a fluky game. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, touchdowns are hard to call. But give me Gus Edwards, nine carries, forty yeah. yards last week. Uh, you know, yeah. what I mean, just just something to, to pay attention to. Now you're going to walk into a room with really no running back competition. Obviously, me and you aren't worried about a 30-year-old Melvin Gordon. We're not worried about a Justice Hill either. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you this. I think this opens up – I think this just lets Lamar have more free reign. I really do. He only had six carries the other day. I mean, he's definitely going to go – I mean, he has to have free reign now at this point. Um but I think it opens up things for the offense or like the passing game as well. Like you saw Zay yeah. Flyers flash. I mean, OBJ even had a pretty good catch in that game. I think you can kind of like look at this. Mark Andrews is back. Like maybe they more depend on the pass with Munkin and his offense. Yeah. And that, see, like I, I, we'll talk more about Zay Flowers later on in different podcasts, but like it just, uh, Mark Andrews is back. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's coming back. So not let's just too far from the injuries, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. but uh yeah, so like my guy here is obviously gonna be Gus Edwards. 
um, if I'm buying anybody from this running back room. Last injury, uh, it's tough because I had to watch it. it sucks. Monte yeah. Johnson, hamstring injury, possible partial tear, four to six week out. I saw conflicting reports from people like, yeah, he's day to day. He's not day to day. No, at all. I can't play around the hamstring, even if it is just slightly tweaked. I don't know. It's not something you want to play with. A complete nah, tear. It's about, four, yeah, it's about a four to six week injury. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I obviously our wide receiver room is pretty deep at start of the depth. Like you know, you have Allen Robinson there. You have Calvin Austin. You still got pickings. You got you got two right. tight end sets with Darnell Washington, Pat Fryermuth. You got the running backs out of the backfield. I just think this speaks to the volumes I've been saying all along. Buy into George Pickens. This I mean, I don't want to say that upon an injury, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you have to buy in before stuff like this does happen. Um, without Deontay, I think that the Steelers are probably going to be okay as far as the team standpoint. But for fantasy wise, I mean, Deontay is pretty easy to replace, probably by a backup receiver, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's easy to replace. We're talking about a guy with elite level route running and the ability to get open in all passes. Um, I don't think he's easy to replace at all. I mean, and like, can you honestly say on any of your teams? I know I can. And when I do own him, he's on my bench. Is there any league where you're like starting him as a flex or wide receiver three? Yeah, my like, yeah, my eighteen team well, guillotine league. Okay, eighteen man guillotine league is a different story. But like in your um, typical league, Deontay's probably not a starter. I'll be honest with you, I don't think I own Deontay anywhere. Yeah, I own him in one I own, league. I own, I own a lot bench. of George Pickens. I own a yeah. lot of George Pickens, as, as you know. I don't think I own one single share of Deontay. Yeah, but I mean, all this means is Pickens is going to get more play time, and even maybe Allen Robinson sneak back in somehow. But honestly, I'm hoping we get Calvin Austin involved. I'm very big on Calvin Austin. I was very big on the speed. I was very big on the ability to stretch the field. I was very big on him as just like a, a playmaker type guy. Get the ball in his hands, watch him work in space type of thing. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson, another big body, but. You already possess you already possess Pat Fryermuth across the middle. Pat Fryermuth is a yeah. huge third down target, huge body. Darnell Washington, another huge body guy. Pickens, another huge body guy. A lot of these guys, like it's it's pick a spot, get to it, and turn around, and get the ball in your hands. These yeah. guys aren't huge like separators. You know what I mean? They never have been. They're they play the 50-50 ball. I need somebody with speed on this roster. I need somebody to take the top off. I need somebody, you know what I mean? I need somebody to to break it open. Yeah, and that's Calvin Austin. I hope that he gets more burn. I'm a big Calvin Austin fan. I like Calvin Austin. He just seems like a yeah, like a boom. He's, a deep, he's a deep target. He's a deep, yeah. he's a deep dark. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. But as a Steelers fan, we we get excited for guys like Calvin Austin. You guys do a pretty good job outside of Claypool and scouting receivers. Hey, we still traded him for the 32nd pick, which was Joey Porter Jr. It's a great, hey, great trade. Great, great trade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like anyway, like we addressed the waiver wire additions. Um, we wrote an article. It is posted up on our Twitter, um, RPO's Twitter as well. Uh, huge reviews, by the way. Huge retweets. Huge likes. Very appreciative of that. Um, so, you know, we talked about the the negative things. Let's get into some week one recaps that that we thought need to be addressed. Um, I want to start. I want to start right. with fact. That I do not fucking understand Arthur Smith at all. Oh, this was my talking point, man. Come on, bro. 
at all, bro. This is my big thing. I watched this. I, I watched it. Like, I know the run game was working. I know Ty Algier averaged over five yards a carry with 15 carries. I know Bijan Robinson had 10 carries and six catches and looked great. Scored his first NFL touchdown. I know this. But you spent back-to-back first-round draft picks on Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Kyle Pitts, two catches, 46 yards. Drake London, zero. One target. Goose. One that one target is so concerning, especially for a talent like Drake London, who I think is a good receiver. Um, of course, I don't. I don't know what. What do you on your like panic level? Where are you at with Drake London? I mean, Kyle Pitts seems to kind of get his own, but like, I think I'm. I think I'm freaking out if I'm a Drake London owner, especially given so, the fact he's kind of driven like a high round value in these startups. So redraft. Redraft, obviously, my panic level, we're, we're here. We're at a 10. We're at like an yeah. 8, 9, 10. We're in that range. Dynasty, I'm at like a 5. A mid-level. I think – but the thing is, is like I've seen Drake London. I've seen Drake London last year demand a 29% target share. I've seen Drake London average over 14 yards per catch. I've seen Drake London show you elite peripherals. I've seen that. I know that's in him. I know that's here. Yeah. That's safe. He's a safe. He's a safe guy when it comes to the elite level talent. But if he's not getting any burn, he's gonna have to ride my bench, and that yeah. just means the value is gonna decrease. But there's always gonna be that opportunity to buy low as well on players like this, which I like. I've always liked Drake London. I've always been a big fan of Drake London, and I just think, like I said, it's an unfortunate situation. Right. I don't know. I'm at like a panic level, like a six or seven. Cause I mean, like to me, like he'll have his games, but like with them rushing the ball and kind of like my talking point was going to be Bijan and Algier both getting work with them rushing the ball so much. And Desmond Ritter, even when he is throwing it, having them be a little dump off routes. I think he averaged like seven or eight yards per catch for the team. Um, Not ideal. So even when London does get the ball, it's not. For any significant yardage, I'm I'm panicking until they can get a new quarterback. I mean, if I'm rebuilding, I'm I'll probably buy him. But if I'm trying to win and Drake London is on my starting roster, I'm trying to move him for whatever I can. I don't think his value has dropped after one game. Um, it scares me, I, dude. It's people people rough. are panicking. Like I see some panic amongst the fantasy community, but I think it's just one you just got to relax on. It's going to be tough with this offense. It's going to be a waiting game is what it is. just depends on whether you want to wait or not. He's 22. He's 22. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, like, how many – like, was it 24, 25 before he gets, like, an actual quarterback? I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think it's just a coaching change is all it takes. That's all it takes. I mean, you might be right on that, but – well, I mean, the thing is, though, is they, they won the game. I was, I was about to say the same thing. They won. So, like, they even won the Desmond game. Ritter on a quote today said, I don't care what we're doing on offense. I don't care about stats as long as we win games. As a London and Pitts owner, that I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I, Arthur Smith. I don't want to hear that. Smith's like Arthur Smith's, like, giving us all fantasy analysts the middle finger, and he's like, ha, bitches. <laughs> you got that no shit, boy. Um. But yeah, that, that was one of the points I wanted to cover. Um, I'm sure you got a couple that you know you want to jump into as well. 
Oh, well, the, the one of the bigger ones is like, kind of just touched on it just a second ago, so I'll get it done and over with. Is like, I think until you can si- kind of see Bijan to really take care of this role, I think you can kind of see Ty Algier find some value for you early on in the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, like, I mean, no, he's not going to get you 29 points a week and two touchdowns. And he's not going to do that every week, week in, week out. But I think the touches are still going to be there for him. He's a very efficient runner. Looked better than I expected. Anybody, I think, that owns Algier expected to. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that goes going for, goes going forward. Yeah, so um, – sorry, had to answer a message. But, yeah, I'm actually writing an article about this right now, about backfields that I think with the split usage have a uh, – actually have a positive impact for your fantasy team. Guys like Bijan, guys, you know, and Ty Algier here. Uh, remember – Remember, the, the backfield snap percentages were split pretty evenly. We're talking about yeah. Bijan at 56% and the rest going to Ty Algier. On top of that, Ty Algier had 15 carries. Bijan had 16 touches. Any running back that's getting 15 to 17 touches in an elite rushing-style offense that Arthur right. Smith possesses, I'm good with. Mm-hmm. People aren't talking – people are talking about, you know, the the huge highlight reel touchdown that Bijan had. Beautiful touchdown. Beautiful Amazing, yes. Amazing touchdown. He's an elite-level talent. But on top of the fact, please don't look over the fact that Ty Algier averaged over 5.8 yards per carry with 15 carries. Yeah. Arthur Smith, any running back Arthur Smith has in his backfield is gold. It's just what it is. That's what he does. This is what he does. I think Ty Algier should be talking about as a low running back to flex talk every week. He should. Should we see otherwise? Absolutely the running back right. landscape. The running back landscape is in shambles yeah. right now. It's in shambles. Um, you just lost Dobbins. Antonio Gibson didn't get any burn that you thought he was going to get. AJ Dillon, he's a top twenty-five running back. Looked like shit. Terrible. Yeah, not. Austin mm-hmm. Eckler has an ankle injury. With Josh Kelly splitting time in the backfield last week. I mean, we can keep going down the list, like, but running yeah, back is very these, bleak. Like, if you're finding these gold yeah. gems. Snag him up, right? It's a good buy. It's a great. It's a great. He's a good player. And just to um, just to transition to that, the main thing I want to talk about in this podcast, and this is like not us gloating, but we've been very much on the side of like, don't really worry about the rookies. Week one, Ken Walker, who was supposed to get his job partially taken by Charbonnet, played great. Same thing with Travis Etienne. Everybody worried about oh, everybody worried about Tank Bigsby. He still played great. Um, and you saw both those rookies kind of like be very much so, very much so a secondary role. Um, Travis Etienne played 80%. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like just a lesson to all you guys out there. Don't – initial reaction to drafting guys is, is always tough. Um, I get that them drafting somebody means that they're going to lose a little bit. But if you think about it, the Seahawks backfield – and the Jags backfield both had zero backup options for those guys. So if we if they lost ETN, they were looking at Snoop Connor. And if the Seahawks lost Ken Walker, they were looking at DJ DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. So like obviously that's not the situation you want to be in as a franchise if your RB1 goes down. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just glad that they still get to have the roles that they had last year. Hey. ETN, five sneaky catches. 
Don't let them know. Don't let them know, baby. 80% of the snaps, high-powered offense. Fire up Travis Etienne. I tried telling you, boys. Don't worry. And then I told you, my running back hate list, Zach Charbonnet was on that motherfucker. I tried to tell you. I've always hated the way he ran. He won't make it. it. I've always said that. Ken Walker's a monster. Just trust the studs. Trust, Trust the studs. But anyway, and my last... My last point I wanted to bring up. Um, my last thing I wanted to say about the week one. Welcome Puka Nakua. Welcome. The fab darling of the year, maybe? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I don't even – dude, the fab darling. That's a great – that's actually about to go be his nickname in all my draft spots. Because <laughs> I yeah. have him everywhere. I'm a huge Puka fan. I mean, we're talking about a monster game. Monster game. It was fun to watch. I mean, think about the talent that we're talking about here. Van Jefferson. What has he ever really done in the NFL? Nothing. 2-2 Atwell. We're talking about a guy that's buried on the depth chart. Ben Skoranek. Another guy who's buried on the depth chart. Um, who, Tyler I mean, Higby. Tyler Higby. You know, Tyler Higby had eight targets in the game. That's fine. You know, I mean, that's not bad. But Puka Nakua, another guy I'm huge on. We're talking about 15 targets. Yeah, 15 over, targets. Oh, almost a buck 20. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely balled. It seemed he like balled. he played the Cooper Cup role that night. He did. And, and he, did, he, like, did, he did just fine. He found his spots. Yeah. As, as a rookie in his first game, it's amazing. I think he fits very well into the McVay offense. I think you're going to yep. see this until Cooper comes, comes back. And honestly, and on. look at the wide receiver finishes when he played with Robert Woods. Look at Bobby Trees and him when they played together. Yeah. Multiple years of top 15, top 20 production from both. It's possible that this is a, is a relevant thing. At the end of the day, am I saying that he's going to get 15 targets, 10 catches, a buck 20? And No, I'm not saying that. No. But also remember this too. Cooper Cup is almost 30 years old. Cooper Cup was in Minnesota talking to a hamstring specialist. At 30 years old, we're on the we're on the brink of the edge. Mm-hmm. I don't want my wide receiver one talking to a hamstring specialist. That is not what I want. Yeah. These are major red flags when it comes to Cooper Cup. And if you're buying and if you have him in a dynasty league, you need to trade him. Now, granted, the Rams are the Rams are about to fall off the deep end anyway. We're talking about thirty six short pass It's going to be no rough. draft cap. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's bad. But Puka Nakua is the guy you want to hold long term. I'm a big fan. You got him really cheap last year in your rookie drafts. He was going like fourth round. If you go, if you were able to snag him, congratulations. Hold on to him. Hold the line. Um. So here's my only thing. I've seen this argument across Twitter, and I'm a big Nakua guy. Thanks to you as well. I own a few of them. A lot of people kind of compare him and his start to Travis Fulgham from the Eagles a couple of years back when he bursted onto the scene and then kind of disappeared. Do you kind of see that same thing happening with Nakua, or do you think that he can beat so, these? So we're talking about we're talking about a guy obviously played at BYU, not a huge recognized school outside of the Zach Wilson yeah. draft pick. I get it. But we're talking about Travis Fulgham. We're talking about a guy who's <laughs> undrafted. Was bagging groceries at Wawa, got a phone call because the Eagles lost three wide receivers in one game. Him and him and Greg Ward. You remember Greg Ward? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's yeah. what we were talking about, bro. We were running Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward. And, uh, and bro, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. Yeah. I mean, it's no, you're right. It's kind of a similar situation where, like, he's the only receiver of talent. Right. It's a little different. I get yeah. it. But at the end of the day, we were rant- I was ranting and raving for four months. I'm talking about <laughs> I mean, holding ground. Hold the ground. Holding ground. I told yeah. you, like, like, big guy. Huge 50-50 possession guy, strong, boundary-to-boundary wide receiver. BYU, they got the ball in his hands in many of many of options, whether it be from the jet sweeps, whether it be out of the backfield, whether it be at the bubble screens at the line of scrimmage. And he plays strong. I loved his talent. I think they're completely different situations. I think Puka is going to be a huge buy. At this point, obviously, I've seen him go for, like, second-round picks in 2024. I get it. I get it where you would be like, oh, man. That's I just upgraded two rounds worth of value in one yeah. game for a player. Okay. But if you have if you believe in it, hold. You don't have to justify yeah. anything to anybody. Yeah. I've always believed. He's on seven of he's on seven plus of my dynasty teams in my on my taxi last week. And he's now activated in all in all of my leagues. He is now activated. He taxi squad, nah, locked in. Bang them, the real, bang them to the big leagues. Um, so, you want to just do kind of like a – since we're coming up in the game, you want to do a few rapid-fire, like, panic guys that this can, like didn't play well? Like, for example, like, how worried are we with Justin Fields and DJ Moore as, like, a combo? It's one of the higher higher percentage of drafted stacks in fantasy football this year. Zero. Not worried. Not worried. T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, not worried. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, not worried at all. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The elite peripherals that he's shown, seven carries, uh, nine or two catches, nine total touches, six broken tackles. It looks really good in limited spaces and limited fashions. But I'm telling you, man, there's something to the Jamal Williams role that happened last year. You see right. the same thing with David Montgomery this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that Jameer Gibbs offers the elite talent to produce on limited touches, kind of like an Alvin Kamara type role in his right. first year out of Tennessee. But his ADP was so elevated going into the year, was so elevated. I wish it would have dropped another round. I'm going to be right. honest with you. The elevation of his ADP was crazy. We, I mean, we're talking about back end, second, early third for this guy. For now we're talking, for now sure. we're talking, yeah. yeah, now if we were talking round four – Maybe maybe okay. sneaking around five from times then okay, but yeah. remember this man, David Montgomery is locked in to sixteen plus touches every week. So worry level, I'm gonna say two. I'm not worried at all. I mean, you see it all the time. Rookies kind of like take their time. You even saw it with B. John Robinson, um, kind of take teams a little bit to just ease their rookies into it. I think five games got sixteen touches. I mean. I can see it happening. I just hope that he's not going to up in the same role that DeAndre Swift was in last year. Because um, I, I can see that happening, sadly. That's what I'm saying. People people are not are, – are, are forgetting the fact that Montgomery's there. Yeah. Oh, we saw I, that by I, 83. I, I, by, we should by tell everybody, time. we love Jameer Gibbs, but David Montgomery is the better value at ADP. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but I've been preaching 
Montgomery and well, the other one didn't hit. We won't. I won't address that one. But David Montgomery, I've been drafting as like a RB two late in drafts, and it's. I think it's going to cash out. Is there any more rapid fires you want to ask me about? Uh, Dallas Goddard, zero, zero points on the thing. Uh, we covered Drake London. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about Goddard either. He was Jalen Hurts third, like on tar- on third down plays, the most targeted wide receiver. It's not even close, to be honest with you. So Dallas Goddard finds footing again. Um, I think that covers all the the big worries. I mean, the only other thing you can really touch on is Brees Hall with limited touches, but like even when he had the ball, it was fucking insane. Welcome he was back, dominating baby. the field. Welcome back, baby. Um, so the usage not great, but oh my god, he had. Oh, what? Can we before before we continue? Can we talk about how on that eighty-six yard run, if Garrett Wilson threw one block, my boy was housing that touchdown <laughs> instead of celebrating at the thirty-yard line? <laughs> can we talk about that, please? <laughs> Talk to you, boy. I don't know, man. <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is this. Anybody that doubted, welcome back, Breeze. Welcome was bad. back. Welcome back. My fantasy ride or die, welcome back, baby. Welcome Got anything back. else you're worried yeah. about over there? No. Um, let's do a rapid fire here. I, I, okay. There is one worry, and I will say this. Out of all weeks possible to start DeAndre Swift, this week makes the most sense, right? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. If we get a dud from DeAndre Swift, his value is shot. It's going down. Yeah. Um, I think it's detrimental, honestly. I mean, it depends on how they they use him. But if you see Rashad Penny go from healthy scratch to the lead back and Swift's still in that secondary role, chalk it up. Chalk it up. Um, but this also speaks volumes to how they feel about Kenny Gainwell. Congrats yeah. to Kenny Gainwell. So, um, on top of that, do a, let's do this. Who do you got winning the game tonight? <sighs> it's a tough game. Um, I know what argument you're going to make, both, so I'll let you do didn't it. Play well. Both didn't play well. Both, neither of them did. Um, yeah, so we got the Eagles. The well, Eagles at least well, snuck out their game. Let's talk about, let's talk about this, you know. Vikings, three turnovers in the red zone last week. Uh, obviously, it's not ideal. Lose a three-point game to Tampa Bay. Uh, Phillies banged up all over the field. Uh, you got Nicobe Dean hurt. You got James Bradbury not playing tonight. You got uh, Reed Blankenship not playing tonight. I mean, you're, you're banged up all over the field here. The the only saving grace here, the, uh, the D-line, those boys are all intact, and that's the toughest part of their team. And you got Christian Darisol questionable. I don't know. I I obviously haven't turned the thing on if he's playing tonight. And then you have Garrett Bradbury out of center. Yeah. Um, it was a blowout last year. Blowout last year. I'm <sighs> skull Vikings, baby. <laughs> I'm going with the Vikings. I got a feeling. I've been kind of debating this for the last three hours because I know we always do this segment on our podcasts. Um. Harding wants to say Vikings, but I'm going Eagles. Um, just on the sole fact that if you think about it, the Eagles played Bill Belichick, one of the better defensive-minded coaches maybe ever. Um, and this week he gets to come in at home, game one since the Super Bowl, 
and play the Vikings defense, which has been pretty bad the last few years. So um, I, I, I'm taking the Eagles in this one. I think JJ, to your point, you've kind of been throwing it out there. I think JJ gets his revenge game against Slay, but I still don't think that's enough. I think I think the Eagles are going to get, get cooking early in this game. I'm going to tell you this, though. We are 0-1 on Thursday night segments. Uh, thank you, Kansas City. You guys, you guys are awesome. We appreciate I, you. Thanks, Kadarius, Tony. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Kadarius. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, thanks for the uh, five drops, the five of the biggest drops I've ever seen wide receivers have. You guys are awesome over there. Thank you very much. Travis, please come back. <laughs> um, on that note, you got to go different here because somebody's got to be one and one Somebody's going to be yeah. on This is true, yeah. So, <laughs> um, on that note, uh, it is about to be kickoff time, so let's get out of here. Uh, Ryan, anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here, buddy? Yeah, uh, first of all, enjoy that Thursday night game. Uh, be a good one tonight, hopefully. And uh, we just had our waiver wire article that's on RPO. Um, and we've been writing a few articles over there, kind of helping contribute for yards per. So, uh, yards per uh, is great. RPOfootball.com. Check out our stuff. Um, glad to have the platform. Thank you guys. Yeah. Weekend, week out. Enjoy the Thursday night game, guys. On that note, we are out.